but my pitch would be that it is a show where Tom Petty travels the country chasing down child molesters, and they call it The Petty Files. I think that's a fabulous idea. Just saying, I think it's a missed opportunity. Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of Laugh and Be Blessed with your hosts, Jake and Chia Rubel. Hello, hello. Uh, Sorry that we missed you last week, but, you know, uh, we live a life. Yeah. We have a life that gets kind of. it gets kind of <laughs> crazy sometimes. It gets a little wild. Chaotic. It gets a little out there. And, yeah. You know, our biggest thing, if you've listened to the show before, is that we want to do everything we can to not stress ourselves out. Yes. So hopefully everybody knew that us not doing an episode meant that some things came up. And by the time that it got to the time it was to sit down and actually do the podcast, we were both exhausted. And we just felt like it would make more sense for us to hold off for a week. So, yeah. you know, we did a little little mental health day for ourselves. You're yes. allowed to do those. Yeah, you are. So that's what we did. So, But we're very happy to be back here. We're happy to be doing another episode. We actually really did miss it. We yeah. There was a lot of things we wanted to talk about and we couldn't do that so that part of it did kind of suck a little bit um you might hear a little uh noise in the background that's an air conditioner and i'm not turning it off yeah yeah uh i had a good friend of mine chris lunsford who uh some would say he's my best friend um others would say he isn't and i'm not (laughs) saying who's true and who's a liar but chris came over to the house and helped me put this window in we did not have a window in our bedroom at all no we had four fans going yeah, and it was so hot. The house is currently without central air. Yeah, and it was very, very hot. And not just like, it wasn't just that it was hot. It was like heavy. Yeah, since we are in uh, just a, a room that I built in our garage, it is like heavy hot. Like it just, mm-hmm. the air was thick. <laughs> it was thick. Thick with two seeds. (laughs) It was so thick. So uh, Chris came over, helped me out. We cut a hole in the wall, and we put this really nice window that a a friend of mine, Anthony Carpenter, hooked us up with. So um, thanks, buddy. Yeah, thank you. If you you. listen to this podcast, I love you, and I appreciate that. And we slapped that baby in the wall. We put an air conditioner in there, and I'm not shutting it off. No way. If you hear it, it's fine. All you're hearing, if you hear a a little bit of a buzz, you're just hearing comfort, everybody. That's what you hear. That's the sound of comfort and and just feeling good. And we had a good day. Oh, yeah, we we felt good. Amazing day. This was our first. uh, Last night was our first night with the AC unit. So today was our first morning waking up in a nice, cool room and. I think we both got an amazing night's sleep. Yes, very much. Um, like, I uh, I haven't been to church for two weeks because when I wake up, like, I stay up late anyways. I'm a night shifter, so when I wake up, I'm like, I just can't do it. Like, I've only been asleep five, six hours. I just can't do it. Yeah, and also the fact that there was no light coming in the room whatsoever chia would come home from work she would go to sleep and then she would wake up and it would be pitch black in her room which you would think you would love but she would be so out of sorts it threw me off so bad so so bad so um so yeah that's been nice and then today we had uh holden's birthday party yeah now here's the thing we're just gonna say this um, Jasmine's birthday was Thursday. <laughs> Holden's birthday was last month. Yes. And we just had his party well, today. two weeks ago? Like, you, you the, say last month and make it sound like it was like a month I ago. I know, but we two had Holden's birthday right after Jasmine's birthday 
so like we had his party right after her birthday. Yeah. So it kind of uh, confused a few people, but we don't care. Yeah. And, and I mean, we'll again, have one for her in a couple weeks. Yeah. It goes back to like we're just not gonna freak ourselves out and stress ourselves out. Like we couldn't do it. I was out of town for shows. Mm-hmm. And it was like, obviously, I want to be here for yeah. it. And we thought about last weekend, but it just didn't work. Yeah, just it, it wasn't going to work. So, yeah, we just did it tonight and had a great time. Oh, it was so nice. Yeah, the family came over. Uh, I grilled out. I did some steaks, mm-hmm. some burgers, some hot dogs. We did it in the evening time. Uh, I smoked some watermelon. Yeah, that was weird. On the grill? Yeah, it was great. No. I liked it. You don't cook. The only time you cook fruit is if you're making preserves with it. No, that's not true. Yes. Apple pie is delicious. No, it's yes, not, it is. Jake. Yeah, it's, it's very not. good. This is like, Apple crisp is one of the greatest is, things ever it's invented. because you're an American, and America has N- lied to you for so long. That's not true. I don't listen to any Americans. Well, you apparently do, because <laughs> no. you think cooked apples are good. Yeah, well, whatever. So, people came over, we had a really good time, and that just ended, and now we're doing the podcast. So, um, I would like, if you're okay with it, I want to talk about some shows that I just Go did. Go for it. I have to backtrack a little bit, because... I had a show a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago at this point, I guess it would be, um, in Mishawaka. Now, I've not talked about the Mishawaka show yet, have I? I don't think so. No, not on the podcast. So I had a show in Mishawaka, Indiana. It's like right by um, Michigan. It's it's very northern Indiana. I did a show with Andy Beningo, and uh, I really want to tell this story because okay. it's, it's fun. Uh, well, it's fun. Okay, here's what happened. <laughs> Let me break it down. I get so I drive up there. It's about a three and a half, four hour drive. I get up there. I get to the hotel, and I walk up to the desk. And, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I walk up to the desk and I'm like, "Hey, I'm the comedian tonight. Uh, I should already has a re- have a reservation." And she goes, "Well, you don't." Like she didn't even think about it. She just goes, "Well, you don't." And I was like, "Oh, I'm sorry." And she goes, "It's not your fault." They've done it for the last three weeks. I don't even have to look. I know they didn't reserve you a room because they've not been doing that. And she's like, but it's fine. I'll just go ahead and I'll reserve the room for you. I'll get you checked in and everything. No big deal. And I was like, okay, thank you. Really appreciate that. So she gets me checked in. She's like, here's your room key. You're in room 327. I said, thank you very much. I walk away. I go upstairs. I go to room 327. I go in and I walk around the hotel room for a minute. It's a nice hotel room. It's your standard hotel room. I walk around, I set my bags down on the bed, and then I, it was a long car ride, so I had to go to the bathroom. So I go to the hotel bathroom, uh, my room, not like the hotel bathroom. I go to, I go to the bathroom in <laughs> like my room. Like in the lobby. Yeah. I, uh, and I open up the door, and the door is like every other hotel. Like as soon as you walk in the front, or walk in the room door, right immediately to your right is another door that goes into the bathroom. So I open up the bathroom door, my door is shut and locked. Okay, it's a hotel. They automatically lock. You can't just walk in them. So I leave my bathroom door open because I'm I'm a normal human. That why wouldn't I do right. that? I'm the only one in this room. I'm not going to shut the yeah. door. So uh, I I sit down, and the way this hotel is set up is that the toilet is facing the door uh, to the bathroom. So I'm I'm sitting there. I'm probably on TikTok or something. And I hear this family walking down the hallway, and I hear this kid go, oh, room 327, it's right here. <laughs> and I would go, no, it's not. <laughs> so I'm, I stop, and I'm like, and it's a, a long bathroom. Like, I can't just reach the door. Yeah. And I'm sitting here uh, in my most vulnerable of times, 
And then I hear the mom say something back to the kid. So I'm thinking she was probably like, no, it's room 329. Yeah. You know, or whatever. But then my door opens. <laughs> <laughs> my door opens and this kid walks in, probably 10 to 12 years old. This kid walks in, turns, and makes eye contact with me, looks right at me. And I'm just sitting there, and I'm looking at this kid, and I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. So I just look at this kid, and I say the kid is 10, but by the time that that 30-second stare was over, the kid was at least 20 years old. Like, the kid aged, like, 10 years in that moment. Like, they just looked at me like, oh, and it like we locked. I, I they could see into my soul. Like you know, whenever you <laughs> see into my soul. You know, like whenever you walk your dog or something, or you let your dog out and your dog poops in the yard, and they stare and, at you, and they stare at you. I stared at the kid like that, <laughs> like so vulnerable and just looking like, don't attack me. Like it was so, I didn't know what to do. So the kid like just walks right back out, shuts the door, walks right back out, and uh, I finish up really quick because I'm like, She's what if like, I'm in? Yeah, right? And that's another thing is like, I don't know what their story is. I don't know if like, what if this is the first time the kid's ever been to a hotel? What if this is like a family vacation? They've never been to a hotel before. They're super excited. Like they're here. They're ready to do this thing. They can't wait to get into the room. And they get in there and it's like the mom gives them the 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 key, you know? And it's just like, you go ahead and you can open the door yourself, honey. And goes over there and like puts the key in. And it's like, it's a fun (laughs) little thing. And then the the door opens and they walk in and then they just see this <laughs> and it's like oh no so i hurry up i finish up i i go out as soon as i walk and i open the front door like i go out to be like am i in Did your you guys' room hands first yes okay i'm just All making right, sure I'm not a, i may poop with the door open but i'm gonna wash a hand or two so i, op- <laughs> so I open the door no one's there uh then my phone rings uh, the the hotel phone. So I shut the door. I answer the phone. And it's the front desk lady, and she's just like, "I'm so sorry." They got a hold of her quick. Oh yeah, they <laughs> went right downstairs. I was like, uh, "She goes, I'm so sorry. I told you I was gonna book you in. I give you three twenty seven, and then it didn't register in the computer for whatever reason. They came in right after you. I went ahead and gave him your room." And <laughs> I was just like, and she's like, "I'm so so sorry." I was like, "Look, I'm fine." <laughs> Like, I'm a comedian. I'm going to like this story later. But someone needs to check on that kid. They were like, we're going to comp your breakfast in the morning. I was like, you need to comp therapy for this little kid. Are you kidding me? Jeez. So then that night I went to uh, Mishawaka. And, or well, I was in Mishawaka, but I went to the uh, the venue and did the show with Andy, and it was a fantastic show. I told that story on stage that night, and people lost it. They thought it was hilarious. So, uh, so that's a new story I tell on stage. <laughs> uh, but it was a really good time. Andy Beningo is one of my favorite people. Mm-hmm. Like he's uh, not only a great comic, but he's just a really good friend. He's just such a great guy. He's been doing this for a really long time, so it's always good to be on the road with him and kind of learn from him a little bit and and just take notes from him, you know, just like Mm -hmm. learn. He's just a really, really good mentor. Like, he's a great guy. So uh, I did that show, and then that, um, I think it was that Saturday, I um, did a show. I opened for Donnie Baker in Plainfield, Indiana. And if you don't know who Donnie Baker is, uh, just YouTube him. Here's the thing. me and Donnie's comedy is nothing alike. <laughs> like, me and Donnie in general are nothing alike. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not at all. So, <laughs> I told, whenever the booker called me about it, and they were like, do you want to open for Donnie Baker? I was like, look, I'd love to. 
but do you have, do you know what I do? Like, have you seen my comedy? Yeah. Like, and they were like, no, it's perfect. Like, that's what they want a clean comedian. They want somebody who's just going to go up and, and, and do their thing. They're like, but I have to warn you. Um, sometimes Donnie's crowd doesn't like stand-up comedians. They just like, like Donnie. Donnie. Yeah. And I was like, okay. They were like, so plan on doing like a minimum of 10 minutes, but maybe 20 or 25 minutes. And I was like, oh, okay. And they That's were like, a big difference in comedian world. Yeah. But their thing was, they were like, cause you might get to 10 minutes and they might run you off the stage. Mm-hmm. They're like, we've seen them run comics off stage for him and i was like okay so i i was kind of excited for the challenge because i was like i'm not leaving the stage (laughs) like we'll see what happens but i get there i meet him super nice guy uh very friendly it was in plainfield and it was at a uh, eagles fraternity which is great because i guess the eagles they do um they it's a it's a fraternity it's like a you know whatever yeah and they do like tons of stuff for charity like almost all their money goes to charity they just built like a children's hospital they do all kinds of stuff and so it was really really nice but um the show was fantastic like i got the we did two shows back to back the first show i think i got four standing ovations oh wow i was like yeah they're not gonna run me off the stage like we're all having a good time we're having fun and the second show was really good too. I had one guy that got really, really drunk and I had to call him out a couple times. Like, look, dude, you're going to ruin the show for everyone. Like, right. let's just chill out. But it was fantastic. I sold a lot of shirts, signed a lot of stuff and it was fun. I, I really had a good time doing that. So, um, and then, uh, this weekend, um, so last Friday and Saturday, I was at Gutty's comedy club and I was, um, I was just going to do like a guest spot, a small guest spot. I, they, they wanted me to host, but then they had switched and they were like, maybe just do a guest spot, which I was totally cool with. Right. It was, the headliner was uh, Horace H.B. Sanders, who I had, I had not heard of before. And he's really, really funny. Great crowd work. He just, he's, he's fantastic. Uh, he was the headliner. And then Steve Rivera, who's the owner, was going to do the feature spot. Horace was actually running a little bit late the first night, so me and Steve kind of tag team the feature spot, so we both did like 20 to 25 minutes apiece, and then a horse came in towards the end of my set, so was, everything was good to go, but it was fun. Like, I had a really good time. Horace was super nice. Uh, I tried some new jokes, and they they were good. Well, I say jokes. I tried like some new stories, but um, worked really well. I told a story about the bathroom incident you know <laughs> i'm just wondering like did the kid walk outside and was just like is that where yetis go <laughs> like we found, we found we solved it so that was super fun i had a great time and then um i have some shows coming up so if you would like to come see me at a show you can do so mark your calendars jake could be coming to a town near you so I have a show coming up this Friday, uh, which is the 18th. I will be in Linton, uh, Indiana, which is okay. Cr- random, I know, very <laughs> random. Linton is a super, super small town, just a few towns over from where I grew up. So they have a Walmart, though. Yeah, it's actually bigger than I thought. It is like whenever I think of Linton, I do. I think super small, but then. When I hear people from there talk about it, I'm like, oh, it's a little bigger than I thought. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like Ellettsville, probably. Yeah. It's about the size. Maybe bigger, actually. Ellettsville doesn't have a Walmart. Yeah, so so Linton's doing good. Well, I will be at the (laughs) Moose Lodge in Linton. Um, You know what their town motto is on their sign? Is it a moose? No, it says, you'll like Linton. That's it. 
Oh. That's their town motto. Okay. It's like, welcome to Linton. You'll like Linton. Well. Cool. So. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll find out. Yeah. So I will be at the That's Moose Lodge with Rob Wilfong, um, who is very funny. So I'm going to be there. I believe the show's at 7 o'clock. And uh, you can get, I, I think it's a free show. I don't know. You might have to get, to, I think there's tickets. I'm sure there's tickets. <laughs> There has to be tickets. I don't know. Uh, go to my Facebook page. You can, you can find it there. Uh, so then the next night, so that's the 18th and Saturday the 19th, June 19th, I will be in Evansville, Indiana, and I will be, uh, again, working with Donnie. So I'm there with Donnie Baker, and that that ju- literally just kind of popped up on me. So I'm actually really, really stoked. I mean, this literally just happened a couple hours ago that it popped up, so... But it is at a place called uh, Casey's Timeout Lounge. I, there are still tickets available for that. It's a rescheduled show. So he had a, sc- a show scheduled at one point. It was uh, rescheduled. And then I'm on it now. So I'm glad it got rescheduled. Sorry for everybody who couldn't make it. But <laughs> yeah, that was good for me. So that's uh, June 19th, Evansville, Indiana with Donnie Baker. And then on the um 27th of june i will be in bloomington indiana at hoppy wobbles pub which is on the west side of town over off third street i'm going to be there uh tyson cox is the headliner uh patrick murray is going to feature jan Gaditis is going to do a guest spot and i'm going to host that so go check that out hoppy wobbles is a great pub i don't even drink and i go there to hang out yeah because it's like cheers yeah. I, like, you just walk everyone in. Everyone knows your name. Everyone knows. Last time I went, there was a puppy there, so. Yeah, there's a lot of dogs there sometimes. Is there? Yeah, I love it. Oh, my gosh. That's, that's how I knew Fred whenever I went in there. That's the dog's name. That's how yeah. I knew him is because I'm like, yeah, we know each other. Yeah, We're but, friends. Yeah, I mean, I thought, like, he was just a common, like, other people bring their dogs, too. Yeah. What? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, Sean's great. The guy who owns it, his name's Sean, uh, a.k.a. Hoppy Wobbles. That's why it's called that. And it's it's a fantastic place. So definitely come check that out. I think I'm going to try uh, on the 30th, on Wait, June 30th. What? His nickname's Hoppy Wobbles? Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's where he came up with the name is because that was his nickname. Oh, okay. because yeah, he'd get drunk and just kind of wobble around. Okay. Uh, and so on the 30th of June, I, I'm going to try to do this open mic in, at the Comedy Caravan in Louisville, just because I really like Louisville a lot. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to make the trip down just to kind of do it. So if you just want to see me work on some new material at an open mic, uh, that would be a good time to do it. What <laughs> so day is that? That is a Wednesday. Okay. The 30th. Is that cool? I mean, yeah, that works. Why? I'm just wondering. Okay. Well, you're just saying it. It's in our calendar. Well, we have people in Louisville who want to see you, so... Oh, that's true. We do. So that's a Wednesday. <laughs> that's a Wednesday <laughs> night. Yeah. But I mean, it's just going to be like, like a five to seven minute set. Oh, so like, they, yeah. won't, they won't get I'm, your whole shebang. Right. So, uh, but shebang, the, if, shebang. well, I guess they probably are too far from Evansville. Anyways. All right. And then uh, July 2nd and 3rd, I'm going to be back at Gutty's Comedy Club with my pal, Andy Beningo. Yeah. I'll be featuring for him there. So that would be a fantastic show for somebody to come to because it's going to be on the 4th of July weekend. We're really going to have a great time. It's in a new location at the Greenwood Mall. If you uh, want tickets to it and you listen to the show, if you listen to the podcast and you want tickets to the show, message me. Mm-hmm. And and I'll see if I can hook you up. How's that sound? There you go. I think that sounds good. I want to get yeah. some people out to Dude, this show. Dude, it would be such a great date night. Like, hit up Cheesecake Factory, do a little shopping, and mm-hmm. in there's with a some Dave and Bust. There's a Dave and Buster's right there. What? Yeah, they're Come right on. next door. There's Come a Dave on, and Buster's. Friends. I didn't so, know that. Yeah, it's right around the corner. 
So we're BJ's. You just said it was right next door. No, like we're it's in the mall. Like yeah. we're BJ's brew houses right yeah. there in the Greenwood Mall. Yeah. If you go around that corner, Dave and Buster's is right there. I don't even know. I think I've been inside the Greenwood Mall like once or twice. I've never been in it other than Gutties. Really? Yeah, but all the trees in the parking lot, mm-hmm. I planted those. Look at you. I did. I planted those a few years ago. So I mean, it's a big deal. Uh, <laughs> I make it look good. So that's what I've got going on so far. So hopefully I see you guys at those shows. And if you want to come to any of these shows, except for the Donnie Baker show, just hit me up and I'll see what I can do. <laughs> uh, I don't Donnie think I, Baker, you got to kind of just yeah, get them while yeah, you can. They sell out like crazy. But I would love to see some people come through at Gutty's. I had a couple friends come. Uh, Chris Lunsford and Jason Doyle came to the Friday night show at Gutty's. And they had a blast. They had mm-hmm. a lot of fun. And I love seeing... It's a good seeing, time. Well, I just love seeing my friends out, too. Mm-hmm. And so, if, yeah. Again, if you listen to the podcast, you want to come out to the show, hit me up. Let me know. Uh, let's get into what we've been watching, because there's a couple things I want to talk about. Okay. <laughs> I just hit the mic so hard. <laughs> I was going to edit it out. Like, I stopped and listened to it to see how loud it was. It was I'm not going to edit it out. Okay. Just leave it. <laughs> it's just like my arm has a mind of its own, and I just slapped the mic. Oh, or you, you know, have no... Hand-eye coordination. And there is also that. Let me play the music for the show. Go for it. <laughs> what are we watching? Okay, the first thing I want to talk about, uh, let's talk about Quiet Place 2. Oh, yes. Did, did you, you forgot about that, Wait, right? Do we talk? No. We did talk about Cruella, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we did talk okay. about that. So Quiet Place 2, we yes. went and watched that in the theater. Yes, we did. Uh, with her chitlins. Uh, and our nephew. And, and our, yeah, we took Christopher with us. I forgot. Yeah, my nephew was there. Cool. I'm not a great uncle. I'm barely a okay dad. Uh, Quiet Place 2, if you've seen the first one and you like the first one, you will love the second one. The I, I'm not going to do any spoilers whatsoever because I guess whenever we talked about Army of the Dead and we tried not to give spoilers, we gave a lot of spoilers. Were people upset? No, not upset, but we like said we somebody move. somebody was talking to her, they're like, I wanna still watch it, but like you kinda spoiled some of it for me. We said like, we were going to I know, so I'm not gonna spoil it. All I'm gonna say is that a quiet place too, I liked just as much as the first one. I wouldn't really say I liked it more because it's just a continuation of the story. Like it it literally is Yeah. It picks up right after the first one. Um I will say this though, they give a little bit more insight into the day that it happened. I just had to look something up real quick. What? Chitlins. Is that a... Why? Well, because I was like, what does that even mean? Is that... Because that's just something we say. Right. You know chitlins is a real thing. It's uh, short for chitterlings, and it's a culinary dish usually made from the large intestines of a hog, although the intestines of cattle and other animals are sometimes used. We call our children hog intestines. Well, it's because they're full of crap. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's perfect. Okay, go back to the movie. (laughs) (laughs) So Quiet Place 2, I really, really liked it a lot. If you liked it, if you liked the first one, check it out. And if you want to talk about it, hit me up because (laughs) I'm not going to spoil anything. It was just a fantastic movie. It's so good. And I will say this. (laughs) We're not going to spoil it. But I know I will say this. So I get really, really into movies and TV shows. Um, I kind of knew I got into them, but not as much as I do. And we were at the theater. So my nephew Christopher is on my left and Jake's on my right. And then all the kids are to his right. 
and I hurt my husband a few times yes, grabbing his arm. Yeah, yeah, and it didn't feel good. But I guess I jumped a couple of times. <clears throat> yeah, you jumped a bunch of times. And you don't jump lightly. <laughs> like, you jump up and, like, throw your hands and up I and this, scream. I do this thing where, like, I put my hands up to my face and then to my chest, and then I'll grab stuff. And, yeah. And Christopher thought it was hilarious. You're very animated <laughs> in the in the movies. He's not even seen nothing yet. Yeah, he wasn't here whenever I watched the, the last season, episode three of Game of Thrones. He wasn't here yeah. when... And Sons of Anarchy pulled one over yeah. on uh, <laughs> the FBI uh, agent yeah. or, or DEA or whatever. No. What? ATF. ATF. What? Is the ATF agent like that stupid lady that I hate so much? <laughs> I mean, like, or, or you know how I I watched uh, Infinity Wars and the snap happened. I kept looking at Jake going, "It's too much. It's too much. Yeah. Make it stop." Yeah, she gets so intimate, which is great. That's why I love watching <laughs> everything with her. She's my she's my favorite person to watch stuff with. Um, it's a good movie, though. So yeah, Quiet Place Two. Is, and I is just great. watched Quiet Place not too long ago. Yeah, so it was like perfect. Um, did we? Yeah, we watched. We rewatched it together, right? Or yeah. no. You might have fallen asleep while I watched it. Yeah, I feel like that's what happened. And then uh I and then I watched Sweet Tooth on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I know you've not seen I've Sweet not Tooth. I've seen it. So I read um not the whole series of the comic, but I read some of the comics because I feel like the illustrator maybe is from Bloomington. Hmm. I can't remember Dude, wait. Did we get this on free comic book day one time? No, it wasn't free comic book day, but we did go to the comic book shop while he was there signing, and I bought one of his. Okay. So I have a signed copy of gotcha. uh, of one of them. Um, I knew it was some big event. Yeah, so we met him. was a super nice guy. I don't think he lives in Bloomington anymore, mm-hmm. or maybe he moved to Bloomington. I don't know, but the guy was living in Bloomington. So, um, so I wanted to check out Sweet Tooth, and it's produced by Robert Downey Jr. Oh. That. Yeah, so I was like, yeah, nice. I, want, I want to check this out. And it is so good. It's fantastic. I binged the entire so first season. I'll have to watch it, but here's a little thing you should know. I thought Sweet Tooth was a morbidly violent comic. Oh, no. Like one like the kids shouldn't watch. So when you were watching it with the kids, I was like... What's going on? Well, the and comic's caught... worse than the show. The show is not as bad as the comic. From what everybody tells me, again, I didn't read a ton of the comic. Yeah. But it's tamed. The show itself is more tamed than the comic. Okay. That's what people told me. Okay. Maybe that's what I'm thinking then. Yeah. You're not... What I read of it, though, wasn't... I don't know what I'm thinking of then. Maybe you're thinking of Preacher, because I no, kind of read them not... around the same time. I don't know. I don't know what I'm thinking of. I don't know. But, but anyways, Sweet Tooth so, is really so good. So when I seen I seen you guys watching a little bit of Sweet Tooth before I went to work one day, and the glimpse I caught on the TV, I was like, hmm, it's not what I thought it was. No. sweet. If you don't know what we're talking about, it's, so, it is a, it starts off apocalyptic, not pre or post, <laughs> and then it becomes post-apocalyptic. So it is where, like, uh, a virus hits, a lot of people start dying, and at the exact same time that the virus hits, every kid that is born is born with a mutation where mm-hmm. there's some kind of animal. Okay. So, like, you have armadillo kids, and you have oh. uh, kids who are owls. So it's not just the one kid? No. Okay. He was just the uh, the first one. 
pretty much. Gotcha. And it kind of gets into that, or they think he's the first one. So mm-hmm. it kind of does get into that in the show. So it's basically about, like, the, this kid that they call, his name's Gus, but they call him Sweet Tooth. And he lives in a cabin way out in the middle of nowhere with his dad. And his dad um, is sheltering him basically from the apocalypse, from everything mm-hmm. going on in the world. So that's all I'll really say. And he's, the kid's part deer. So yeah. that's fun. He's got some antlers. That's yeah. a good time. Um, so, yeah, it's Sweet Tooth's fantastic. Which is weird because deer are not born with antlers. Well, he had he didn't have them when he was a baby. Baby, he grew oh. they they grew like a deer would. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he sheds them. He, I don't know if he sheds them. You know what? That I I'm. So what? Why are you getting so that? like into it? <laughs> I don't know. But now I'm thinking about bucks, how they shed their antlers and they grow new ones, right? Yeah. And the, but the next time they grow new ones, they grow more. I don't know. Maybe I guess that's the way it works. Yeah. I, like, how do you get more points? Like, I thought I thought. I need to research this. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What if humans had to do stuff like that? What if, like, every time that you breastfed, your nipples fell off? <laughs> what if, every, if you just shed your what, nipples? What if men... <laughs> Never mind. You, yeah, you were going to get gross. <laughs> I wasn't going to get gross. I was just going to say, you can edit it out if it's too bad. What if, like, men <laughs> shed their foreskin, and that's why some men don't have it, but then it comes back later? <laughs> I don't know. What else would you shed? <laughs> I just, I'm picturing it. Stop. <laughs> just stop doing that thing you're doing. Just open your eyes. Stop closing <laughs> and looking at it. I kind of like it. What? <laughs> what the heck? That is the weirdest. Jeez. Not like a, oh, I like it. Kind of like. <laughs> but it, like, what a fascinating thing that would be. <laughs> but would it be fascinating? Because it would just be normal. And then we would be sitting here saying, what if instead of men shedding their foreskin, you either kept it or you cut it off at some point in your life? Yeah, that's called an alternate reality. So wait, what if there is another (laughs) reality (laughs) where this is... Did you get high? I feel like... like No, I got a good night's sleep. (laughs) This is just real... That's all it takes. This is the real Chia. So Sweet Tooth's great, and there's no foreskin in it that I've seen. There's, I don't well, think I'm sure it. there is, but they probably don't want to All right, so I mean, let's move there, past is that. Is there men in it? <laughs> We're moving past it. I'm uh, not. <laughs> <geez>. <laughs> uh, another show I've been watching, uh, time to take a hard left, is a show called Aquarius that somebody had. Aquarius. You do it every time you're like, what are you watching? I'm like, Aquarius, and then you do that. <laughs> Uh, somebody had recommended this to me on Facebook because I had recently watched a movie that was like a, um, I think I talked about it on here. It was a, it was a movie about Charles Manson. I can't remember what it was called. Charlie's Girls? Or Charlie Says. But it had uh, Matt Smith the doc from Doctor Who in it who did a really, really good job. Stop thinking about it. <laughs> Stop. I'm trying to, t- I'm trying to move forward, not, not backwards. So Aquarius is, uh, it's a show. It's, uh, it only has two seasons. It's got David Duchovny in it from X-Files. And it is, um, it takes place around the same time as the Manson murders, but it is, uh, a fictional show with some, history sewn into it because it's yeah because it's about a detective who is 
around during these. So I'm still watching that. I'm not finished with it yet, but it's really good. I really, I like it a lot. It's a very good show. And you've just been watching Bones. I've just been watching Bones. I'm I'm really not into getting into a new show lately. So I rewatched Psych, then I rewatched Monk, mm-hmm. and then I rewatched Bones. Yeah. Or I'm rewatching Bones. Yeah. And maybe after this, I'll get it. I, uh, I need to get back into the... DC shows. Okay. Because I'm, you know, behind on the Flash. I just really started Supergirl, and then I've watched all the Arrow, but that one's done. And you didn't even watch Legends of Tomorrow at all, did you? No, no, not and at I li- all. I liked it. And now I think there's even a couple more. But yeah, I think so. It's easier when a show's over with because yeah. then I can binge it, and then I'm like, okay, I know I'm done. Yeah. That's like what I did with the Flash. I binged it all the way up until there was there was no more. But then the next season came out, and I got into it a little bit up until, like, the Flashpoint episode. Mm-hmm. And then I was like... Well, that's why oh. I, I think binge-watching is good because of or that. Because you don't have no, to, like... No, it wasn't you don't Flashpoint. F- it was Crisis. Sorry. Because you don't have time to fall out of love with the show that you're watching, really. Mm-hmm. It's like it keeps you engaged the whole time. But then if you stop for a season... Right. By the time it comes and back, you're like, I'm watching and, something else. Yeah. Like, I don't even really want to get into that yeah. right now. So, yeah. Um, like I've actually been watching Bones with you. You have. For the first time ever. And it seems like you uh, kind of like it. It's okay. I just, I don't, I don't know. It's 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 perfectly okay. I just don't like all the relationship stuff. Like, yeah. Just, just do the dead stuff. You know? Just talk Which about is, the dead bodies. It's so weird because up until a few years ago, you were like, oh, how can you watch this stuff and all this, like, murdery stuff and crime shows I like to watch. And, like, your age is starting to get to you because you're, like, listening to crime podcasts now. Well, it's because up until a certain point, like, most serial killers are, like, white men between the ages of, like, 20 and 33. Mm-hmm. And I'm 34 now, so I know yeah. I'm not going to be one. You know what I mean? So, like, now I'm like, okay, now I can get into it. Like, before, I'm like, I'm am sure, I just doing I'm sure research? there were signs before those men reached 20 that... that you don't I mean, know my childhood. Maybe I hid I, stuff I from you. I do know your childhood. What <laughs> yeah. did you hide from me? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <coughs> I, yeah, I have been listening to uh, true crime podcasts. There's one called Crime Junkies. Yeah. Uh, from some a couple people who are who live in Indiana. Yeah. And it's really good. I like it a lot. I'll tell you the the best thing I feel like about crime podcasts is it's bringing back the xylophone. <laughs> it's like you never hear the xylophone until you listen to like a true crime podcast and then the whole intro is nothing but xylophones it's like xylophone xylophone a xylophone it's good stuff i like it so uh yeah if you like true crime stuff check out crime junkies and if you like true crime stuff and you have another podcast that you think i should check out tell me and i want to go look at it or listen to it i guess you don't look at podcasts <laughs> i want to look at it with my ears while i drive <laughs> Uh, not well. I'm gonna look at the road, so with my eyes. But and you're, gonna, you're gonna look at it with your ears. Yeah. Um, so and you're gonna listen with your eyes while you drive. You, calm down. Um, what if you went too far? I made no, a joke. Hold on. Are we doing this? Yeah. Are we gonna do it? Yes. What if though that like is in another timeline or dimension too? It probably where, is. Where instead of saying. I heard you, and you're talking about your ears. When you say I heard you, it means you've seen somebody. Well, that that's just different linguistic stuff. I know, but what if? What what if, Chia? 
then that's the I way it'd be. I want to go there. But, like, what? Why do you want to go <laughs> there? It, that, that doesn't even sound that cool. So everything else is the exact same except for the fact that you're just like, oh, I heard that. And that there's many seen it, but everything else is the same. And men shed their sound, foreskins. No, that, it doesn't sound fun to me. <laughs> it doesn't sound like a good time. Why? I, <laughs> like, oh man, this would be like a good book or movie where like you got no, what would it? This doesn't sound like a good a good book or movie. Why? It doesn't sound interesting. You're What's, you're watching a show right now where babies are born with animal parts. Yeah, but there's a story to it about Gus. Where's your story, dude? Uh, this is just me. Frankie Foreskin is walking around <laughs> just shedding it. You know? Why would they call him that? They all have the same thing going on. Maybe he was the first one. No, this is an alternate dimension where, like, it's been like this since the beginning of time. Let's talk about what we've been reading. You're not, you're not <laughs> focusing on the story here. <laughs> <laughs> there is no story. But the story is, the story isn't like something's going on in the alternate dimension. The story yeah, is so someone from our just... dimension gets pulled over there, and now you oh. gotta get back. Oh, see, pay attention. Yeah, but that just sounds boring for that person. Because he's just like, everything's the same, except for you guys shed foreskin and, and you hear with your eyes. But everything else is the same. So yeah. I'm just going to sit Dude, here and I'm, 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 I'm going to listen to Sweet Tooth. I'm just getting started on it. Okay. Uh, write it down and we'll talk about it another time. <laughs> Speaking of uh, writing books. <laughs> Here's what we're reading. Okay, so what have you been reading? I'm still reading The Blinds, and um, it's good. I just, I'm in a reading slump, and I hate yeah. that. Uh, but I'll get out of it. And then I'm reading a trashy romance novel. <laughs> trashy. trashy. That's why you keep talking about foreskin. <laughs> and That's all the book's about. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> so you stole, you ripped off a story. <laughs> trying to pass it off as your own. They don't shut it. So I also, I would say that I've been in a reading slump, but not really. I have been reading. Um, but there's, I go through like these times where, and we've talked about this before, like you'll want to read nonfiction and then you want to read like fiction. Mm-hmm. I do that too, but here lately it's been like, I don't know, I've been, and and we'll just tie this into mental health check-in. Okay. And now it's time for a mental health check-in with Chia and Jake. So the reason I want to tie this into the mental health check-in is because here lately I've been going through... I guess you could say like a, like a mental fog, mm-hmm. you know? It's like I feel happy. I feel completed. I feel like things are going really well for me. There's no reason for me to be depressed, and I'm not depressed by any means, but I just almost feel like incomplete. Like you have no motivation. Yeah, like I just feel like, uh, not, and it's not even that. It's just like I kind of just feel, I feel hungry mentally. Okay. You know what I mean? And it's like... Well, that's, watch... that's what our year is, is our year of mine, so... Yeah. And, like, I'll watch shows or I'll do different things that I feel like are junk food. Like, I'm snacking. Yeah. So, it's, like, it's it's curing the hunger at the moment, but okay. I don't get full. Oh, that makes sense. So I feel I've, like I've been doing the same thing, and that's why I can't, like, really get into my book. Yeah. It, so even though it's a great book. What's been helping me is that I did start doing some morning meditations. I haven't been doing them like I should, obviously, because <laughs> it's Jake, and that's the way it is. And I'll probably, 
I'll probably uh, hold on a second. Okay, sorry about that. Had a very important phone call, and we might get another one before this is over. But that's because it's it's one o'clock in the morning, and whenever people uh, that we love need us, uh, we're there. We're there for them. So, okay. So I was talking about morning meditations, yes. and I was talking about uh, this is about an hour ago that I was talking about <laughs> this, but it's fine. Was uh, it? Yeah. It, oh wow. It, it was about an hour. Um, morning meditations. I want to do more, but like what I was saying is that I feel like when I'm doing them, that I am getting. Uh, at least like a little bit. So it's almost like, like, okay, when you're really, when I was talking about, I was liking it to food. Um, we're going to liken it to food because that's what the thing we love. Yeah. But also <laughs> it's because that's a thing that like we crave and our body needs and our body tells us what it needs. So when our body is telling us like you need, uh, like for, for us every now and then, if we go a while where we're just eating out and since our kitchen's getting remodeled, this happens a lot. Like we're eating out a lot or we're just eating like really quick things. We're not having like full meals. Like she will send me a text and she's like, we need to grill out steaks. Mm-hmm. Like you're, she could just feel that her body needs that the nutrients from steak. Yeah. Like she's like, I need or something. Like, we need to go get some veggies and stuff. Yeah. Because like I, I can feel when my body is depleted of nutrients. Yeah. And I mean, <clears throat> not only do I like start to just feel kind of like blah and stuff like your body literally reacts differently like yeah no a hundred percent you're you're right like you're maybe you'll be really tired or sluggish or 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 massive charlie horse yeah yeah which she had one the other day or like you know you just feel like foggy headed and stuff and then you're it's your body telling you like i need something else you're you're all you're doing is putting garbage into me so then you do change your eating habits and you start feeling better and that's how I feel about like my mental health here lately is that I've been feeling like I'm snacking too much. I'm feeling I'm, I'm trying to fill this void or I'm trying to fill this not void. I don't really like that, but like I'm trying to fill this need, this desire, this hunger that my my mental health has or my spirit has or whatever with television, movies, books, uh, video games, like whatever. Like I'm trying to just almost pacify it. <clears throat> like it's just a quick it's a bag of chips it's just a quick fix yeah so i've been trying to do these morning meditations and they have really been working and i actually posted a video in our facebook group for the podcast jake and chia's it's now called jake and chia's blessed ones uh jake and chia's blessed ones that is strictly just for the podcast it's a group for the podcast um so like any members of it post other things that you think could help people Anything, like movies, mental health, all mm-hmm. that stuff. It, that, this is what it's for. So I posted a video of the guy I've been watching when I'm doing my morning meditations, and it's really working. And there's, like, some stuff that I always thought was kind of hokey, like the whole thing about being like, oh. Yeah. Uh, I always thought, like, you're doing that to center yourself, uh, like, in your mind, like you're, if you're focused on the sound, mm-hmm. you're clearing your mind of everything yeah, else. Yeah, that's what I always thought too. It's not. <clears throat> it's when you do that, when you're making that noise, there's a specific way of doing it where it comes from just below your navel, basically. And you're taking in all this air and you're pushing it all out and it sends a vibration through your entire body while you're doing it. So it's the vibration that is supposed to be aligning you your your everything, your essence, I guess you could say. It's like it's, it's like aligning you to where you can be open to what you're trying to accomplish, which 
is just being aligned, like feeling mentally okay, like feeling like, okay, now I can do my day. So I've been trying to do that more, but th what I was getting at is what I've, I'm reading because of all of this, I've been reading a book called uh, Be Here Now. Be Here Now is a book I've talked about on the podcast before. It, it, it was written, um, it's kind of like the, I, and I'm not very far into it, but it is, it starts off with basically the, it's the journey of transformation by a guy named Dr. Richard Alpert who became Ram Dass. Mm -hmm. So Ram Dass, I've listened to a lot of his stuff. Um, I've watched videos. I've watched documentaries. And I really like this cat a lot. I really like what... A big reason why I like it is because I feel like the stuff he's saying is, is almost like, hey, this is what's working for me. Or like, this is what I was doing wrong. But he's almost like telling a story like... Um, I don't think... I, I've never read anything or heard him say anything to where he's just like, this is the, the way you have to live your life. It never feels like it's like a hundred percent. It just feels like it's like, no, here's what I feel like society's doing wrong and just stuff like that. But I, there's a couple things that I highlighted that I do want to read real quick. I'm just going to read it right now. Okay. So, um, this is the very beginning of the book. Again, I've not gotten very far into it, but this really stood out to me. I worked hard, and the keys to the kingdom were handed to me. I was being promised all of it. I had felt I had got into whatever the inner circle meant. So I'm going to stop for a second. When I read that, I thought of me in ministry. Mm -hmm. So, Because yeah. I felt yeah. like when I was in ministry, like things were happening. Like yes. I was getting to the point to where I was meeting um, other people. I was in the inner circle. Mm -hmm. I felt like, okay, this is where I'm supposed to do. This is where I'm supposed to be. Now, he's talking about being a professor at Harvard. Okay. That's what he's talking that about. That was his inner circle. Because it was society. Right. By society standards, he was it. Like, he's got it. Mm -hmm. So then it goes on. It says, <clears throat> but there was still that horrible awareness that I didn't know something that I didn't know something or other, which made it all fall together. And there was a slight panic in me that I was going to spend the next 40 years not knowing. Mm -hmm. So what he's saying is, I was in this inner circle. I'm getting everything that I want. I am now uh, a professor at some of the biggest universities. I'm sitting down with the greatest minds of our time. But really all we're doing is spitting back out things that other people have said. Like we're not doing the thing. We're just talking about the thing. And there's something missing. He's like, I, why, why would anything be missing? You know, the guy's rich. He's, in, he's uh, in the inner circle. He's got everything he wants. Why would something be missing? And that's what I was feeling. Mm -hmm. Is like, why would anything be? This is what I've wanted. I've wanted this. I, I should know now. Like I should feel it. And I should just know this is where I'm supposed to be. So then um, he goes on and he says, I experienced being caught in some kind of meaningless game in which the students were ex exquisite at playing the role of students and the fact faculty were exquisite at playing the role of faculty. So now he's saying basically like, we're just all part of this game. Like we all know our parts. We all know what we're supposed to be doing, right. but we're just doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, nothing's coming from it. We're, it's not like we're getting enlightened from this. We're not right. getting to the next level. So what's going on here? He says, not enough was happening that mattered that was real. Like there was something still missing. Mm -hmm. 
Every time I went to a family gathering, I was the boy who made it. I was a professor at Harvard, and everybody stood around in awe and listened to my every word, and all I felt was that horror that I knew inside that I didn't know. Of course, it was all such beautiful, gentle horror because there was so much reward involved. Mm-hmm. It's so, all about, it's about the, the validation from other people. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm really excited to get more into this book mm-hmm. because it was like, that was like one of the first few pages mm-hmm. that it just popped out like, yeah, you're not alone. Like if you feel like you got everything together right. and there's still something missing, it's because there is something missing. Mm-hmm. Do you know who you are? And that's what I always come back to is like, I didn't know who I was, even though I was playing the part that I was supposed to play at the time. Mm -hmm. And I did learn a lot and I made some great relationships and I love some people and I, I did grow and I Mm -hmm. did, I don't regret any of it. And I'm not saying it was bad and I'm not saying they were bad and I'm not saying that it was nothing. And I'm not saying it was, I'm not saying any of that because, but for me personally, I was doing all of that, and I just didn't get that awareness. I didn't get that real. I didn't feel like anything was real. Yeah. It felt like I was playing church. It yeah. felt like I was just, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna raise my hands when I'm supposed you're, to. You're I'm just gonna... playing the part. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, you're playing the part of a character, mm-hmm. but you're not the character. Right. You know, you're saying the appropriate lines. I mean, even, you know, if you watch TV or anything, we think it's great when someone ad libs. Yeah. But they're still the character. Yeah. So you can still throw on your own lines, do your own like moves and stuff, but you're still playing a character. Right. You, you are not that person. And I think Yeah, they're you saying know, what that character would what, say. Would they're not say, saying exactly. what they would say. They're saying what that, that character would say. And that's almost like, you know, these roles that we put ourselves in where we're constantly getting validated from other people. That's great, but you gotta have self validation. Mm-hmm. And I think that's you know, kind of where he's going with that is self-awareness, self-validation, saying, okay, this this makes me happy. And I think whenever you do that, you still put good in the world. Because I think that's the important thing of when other people uh, validate us lots of times. I mean, especially in, you know, with him being a professor, with us being in ministry and stuff is, yeah, we are good people. We are doing good things. And all these people are yeah. standing around saying we are. Uh, but we're doing what what's good in other people's eyes. Well, also, almost. like, you no, know, and I think you're right. And it's also, like, are we actually experiencing the things that we're speaking mm-hmm. of? Like, for him, you know, he's a psychologist or, or psych. I think he said he was a psychologist. I don't know the difference between psychology and psychiatry, really. Um, but anyways, he's he's saying, like, he's going and giving these... Uh, I lecture. think one of them has to do with pharmacology involved. Okay. But anyways, go ahead. Well, he's just saying, like, he's going and telling everybody, like, this is the way to live your life, and these are the things that, like, Freud said and all these other people said, and, like, this is what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But then he's spending the majority of his time that he's not in the lecture hall on a couch telling someone else his problems. Oh, yeah. So it's like he's still going to therapy and he's mm-hmm. still going trying to find his own self. So, like, to him, he felt like it was this he's hypocrisy. He's, like, in a, lo- uh, in a loop almost, too. Like Yeah, which I'm not saying that psychiatrists don't also need psychiatry or, like, right. therapists don't also need therapy. I'm not saying that, but, like, for him, he just felt like <laughs> he's going and saying these things that other men before him has said as if this is the right way or at least, like... 
I'm going to give you, this is what this guy said, and there's going to be a test on it later. So he's like giving all this stuff, but he's still not feeling it for himself. And he's still not grasping it for himself because to him, it's like, well, those guys lived something real and that's what they wrote about. I'm not living anything real. I have no words of my own. These are other people's words that I'm giving. Mm -hmm. And like, I felt a lot of times like that's how I felt. Like I'm not... There's no, and and spiritually, I had a lot of spiritual awakenings. I had a lot of different levels that I reached spiritually, Mm -hmm. but I just always felt like there was something missing for me. Like there was just, there was another thing that I was missing out on. And then once I realized that that thing was because I wasn't me, so I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to be doing, but not as myself. I'm doing it as this person I'm supposed to be, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. then I can't truly be who I am. So once I started doing that and started getting into the movement of, okay, this is who I am. This is what I'm supposed to be doing, or at least what I think I'm supposed to be doing. And it'll change more and I'll evolve more and things will continue to, but I'm open to it now instead of saying, no, I can't do that because I'm not supposed to, you know, now I'm like, no, I can't do that because it's going to hinder me getting where I'm supposed to be. And, and there's probably a lot of other people in the same ministry that I was in that they had that mindset, but I didn't because I didn't do it for the right reasons. Right, right, exactly. And I think that <clears throat> that's the thing is whenever there are people who, who do find where they're supposed to be, it's so great and it's such a high that when they see someone else kind of going that direction, they want to push you and then yeah. they validate you and validate you because they're like, yeah, I want them to feel as good as I do. Exactly. And it's wonderful and it's beautiful. But you can't grab someone by the hand and be like, listen, I know you're on this path, but my path is really great and I think you'll like walking it mm-hmm. and, and pulling them down their path. Yeah. I mean, you can even have parallel paths, but it, do- it doesn't mean the things in the path are going to be exactly the same. No, I think you're, no, you definitely, it's like if you're on a highway, there's a lot of people on that highway Mm -hmm. and that highway is built for a reason. And a lot of people are supposed to be on it. Mm -hmm. That's what it's there for. I just kind of prefer country roads. Right. I just want to be the guy that's on a gravel road. And that's like. going the same direction. Yeah. And it's okay. And yeah, it might take me a little bit longer to get there. Mm -hmm. And maybe I'm going to hit a lot more bumps on the way. Right. But I also have a better view. Right. And it also feels better. I have my windows down and I I get to see things that you can't see on the highway. Mm -hmm. I get to see old barns and I get to see all these things that Mm -hmm. you just wouldn't see on the highway. Mm -hmm. And it's okay that people take the highway. That's fine. It's not a big deal. I'm not saying don't take that path. I'm just saying that wasn't the right path for me. Right. And there are more than one. There's more than one road. Right. And that, that's just what we have to do is we just have to figure out, like, where do mm-hmm. I belong? Where am I at? And also, what vehicle do I belong in? Yeah. You know, am I in an old beat-up pickup truck? Am I right. on a motorcycle? Like, what? A, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know, I what know. vehicle is yeah. going to get me there? Because it's not going to be the you same know. car for everyone. It's not going to be the same mm-hmm. vehicle for everyone. And, <clears throat> you know, I think that's the biggest thing that I'm trying to... Uh, get across is like, I'm just trying to figure that out. I'm trying to find that place. I'm trying Mm -hmm. to figure out exactly, you know, what car am I supposed to be in? I don't feel like the religion I was in before is the right car for me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's okay. 
that it, it's fine and I'm not saying that it's oh it's wrong yeah. I don't think it's wrong this I think is... that it's I have a lot of love for the people who are dedicated to it and I have a lot of love for the people and I believe a lot of the stuff too yeah that's another thing it's like I I believe in the fuel that it takes I believe in you, you, the the gears I believe mm-hmm. I believe in that stuff it's just like maybe I just you know maybe I just wanted a convertible I don't know right you know I just, I'm just you know and I'm, I know I'm throwing a lot of metaphors out here but that's just the way my my brain, brain works. works yeah and, and I'm glad you're saying all that because, you know, I've I've been struggling with my faith for quite a few years and thinking about, uh, you know, when we were in ministry, there was a couple of different women who I, I really looked up to and I, I would read their books and think, oh, okay, you know, this is this is what they did and I should be more like them. And I I think it was great to draw inspiration yes. from them. Yes. But I shouldn't have try to walk in their path because you know and again we are very spiritual people but however you believe whether it's the universe god um the unknown creator whatever you believe um for me it's god that might have been the path god put them on Mm -hmm. and maybe he wants me to do good things too and draw inspiration from their strength yes but maybe he was up there being like, no, Chia, that, that's their path. That's their story. Learn it's from not, them. Yeah, that's not your story. But, but you got to stay on your path. Quit, quit trying to walk in their footsteps. Yeah. And we're the type of people that we do sometimes take too much inspiration from people. Yeah. That we're like, that's what we're supposed to do. Now we're yeah. going to do that. And that's why I think it is good to sit back sometimes and just collect yourself and figure out. And that's why it's so important to find out who you truly are. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't know who you are, you will not know your story right you're going to try to live someone else's story yeah yeah and you can't do that no and you're always going to be looking for that next part of your story through someone well, else's story and then you're lost like you're like oh i don't know what to do next what would they do next what did what yes. did they do next yeah. instead if, if you're working <clears throat> on yourself you you really don't have to think about the next step like when you're walking you don't think about taking the next step you just step yeah you watch where you step. Right. And you're looking in the direction that you're going, and you know where you're but going. But I don't have but... to think, which foot do I put out next? Yeah. You just do it. Yep. Yeah, and, I think it's great. Yeah. yeah, so that's, you know, I. We always, that's the thing we always come back to is like finding who you are, but that's where true happiness is. That's yeah. where true good mental health is. And also, if you find out while you're doing this, discovering yourself that maybe you do have some something going on that is abnormal get help yeah like it's totally okay to go see somebody yeah you know <clears throat> i have friends who struggled for a very long time to to with their own emotions they didn't know why they would get mad about things so easy mm-hmm. or why one day they're super happy and the next day they're, they're super sad or even if it's a little bit of an influx they just couldn't figure it out and then they found out they were bipolar yeah you yeah. know, and and it's it's like there's this stigma to it that is like, oh, if you're bipolar, you're crazy and stuff like that. And it's like, no, that's just the way their brain works, and now they know how to manage yeah, it. Yeah, it's a chemical imbalance, and that's okay. I mean, we don't we don't put a stigma on on people who have cardiovascular issues. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like if you are on this, and the only way that you're going to find out these things is in self discovery, figuring out yeah. who you are, really. <clears throat> really looking into yourself and figuring out like, okay, because a lot of times with like, um, 
when bipolar is diagnosed, it's the people who see it first are the people on the outside mm-hmm. because they're seeing you. Yeah. Sometimes we don't see ourselves. Sometimes yeah. we need to get out of ourselves to see ourselves. Yeah. Figure out, well, what am I doing? You know, like mm-hmm. what's going on here? So I hopefully that helped somebody. It's helping me. And yeah. and the more that I read this book, the more I'll talk about it. And hopefully that yeah. does help somebody. Um but what about like what that's so that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> what about you? What's going on with um, you? So I've been also very foggy lately and very ran down. We uh, started to kind of look into some health issues with me a few years ago. I get very tachycardic, which just means my heart rate gets way too high for the most ridiculous reasons. And uh, in 2018, when I first started nursing school, I had to wear a heart monitor. And I was just uh, diagnosed with inappropriate sinus tachycardia. I don't necessarily agree with this uh, because I was told that I need to exercise vigorously to get my heart rate or get my heart stronger. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't exercise vigorously because my heart rate gets too high and I, I, I get short of breath. And just to be clear, someone can be short of breath but not lack oxygen. It's kind of, it's like a heaviness when you try to breathe. Yeah. So that's kind of how I was feeling. I feel really, really bogged down, but it's always worse in the heat. I love end of April, beginning of May, and I love the fall. My body feels the best. Don't like winter, I get too cold, but in the summer, it's really, really bad. So yeah, the summer, um, I, I love summertime, but the problem is, is because it's so hot, that seems to be when I feel the worst. Mm-hmm. So over the past few days, I've kind of tried to do something different. Instead of, you know, with my days off, getting up at 11 or 12 and trying to do things outside or whatever, I kind of just chill in the house. And I'll go run a few errands, and even going out to the car and driving around in the car, even with the AC on, I felt awful when I get back to the house, so bogged down. And I decided, well, I want to do some stuff outside, but I'm going to kind of wait until later. So one night after seven, because the sun's still up, but it's not beating down on me, I went and mowed. And the very next night, I mowed again. Mm-hmm. And tonight, we threw Holden's party. Yeah. But I set it for seven o'clock. And I felt amazing, and I was... Um, talking to my mom about it and I guess there's an old saying that uh only uh mad dogs and Englishmen go out in the noon sun and she said it was because you know in England it doesn't get very hot (coughs) so you know in in England you know they would just do whatever throughout the day but when they started to colonize other regions of the world you know like Africa and India where it is so hot Mm-hmm. They kept trying to do like their normal, normal routine and I guess expecting other people. And then I realized in Mexico, they take a siesta in the yeah. middle of the day. And I'm like, well, that makes total sense because I really cannot deal with this heat. I cannot imagine living in a hotter region where it's hot all the time. Right. And so I've just decided, you know, between noon and four, probably not the best time for me to try to go outside and do stuff and do a lot of things. Maybe that's my downtime. Mm-hmm. In the in that's you know I'm a night shifter too and I feel, you know I I would like to be a normal person and up during the day and in the winter time I start thinking oh you know I need to do this because the kids are in school and I don't see them as much. But summertime I mean, 
when all of you can be on the same schedule as me, I feel amazing. And yeah. here lately, I still felt kind of bogged down even trying to do that because our room was so hot. But last night, having the AC in here and waking up to a cool room, I feel 10 times better. I mean, if I don't know if it's apparent to anyone listening how much more um, alert. A- alert and animated yeah. I am in this podcast yeah. because I don't feel bogged down and tired. So I think that really deals with my mental health a lot because I start feeling super guilty. I'm like, oh, "Oh, I've got so much to do on my time off. And, you know, I'm just laying around and I thought, no, it's okay because come four or five o'clock, I'm going to start feeling energy and I will get housework done and I am going to get yard work done. It kind of sucks during the winter because I can't do that. But then again, in the winter time, I don't feel as bad. So that's that's what's going on in my health, mental health. Is it, it a lot of it was physiological? Well, I th- also think that uh, like we, there is a stigma on being lazy. Yeah. Like people are always saying, like, "Well, don't be lazy," or "This person's just lazy; they're not doing anything," and it affects people that need to rest, which is everyone really. Right. But some people just feel like, nope, if you're not, you know, if you got time to lean, you got time to clean. Oh, yeah. And it's like, if you got time to joke, I got time to smoke. I'm going outside. <laughs> uh, I just like that joke. But it, it's but it's true because it's like you have to take care of yourself mm-hmm. and you know what's best for yourself. And I'm not saying that people should just have a free pass to just lay around and not do anything ever. Mm-hmm. But also sometimes just lay around and not do anything. Yeah. It's okay to do that. Like, if it, don't let other people's expectations of you stop you from being healthy, mm-hmm. mentally or physically. Like, just do you. Mm-hmm. And, like, with us, a lot of people give us grief because of when we wake up in the day. Yeah. A lot of times, I don't get up till noon. Mm-hmm. One o'clock. I mean, even when the kids are in school, you would get up, get them ready. I'd get home from work and take them to school. And by the time I got back and got my shower... You are already back asleep, and then I'd go back to sleep with you. Yeah, but I still only got six to eight hours of sleep. Right. We just are up really late. Like, this is our our time to be doing things, and it's uh, a quarter till two in the morning. Yeah, but this is when we do stuff. Yeah. Because this is just the way that our bodies are programmed. Mm -hmm. Whenever... I try to get on a quote-unquote normal schedule. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work for me. Yeah. And I'm okay with it. I don't care. I don't care whenever somebody calls me at like noon and they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, I just got out of bed. And they're they're like, oh, man, I'll be up since 4 a.m. It's like, that's fine. Right, but you're going to go to sleep by like 8 or 9. Yeah, and I'm not going to go to sleep till 6 a.m. Right. Like, who cares, man? Like, it's not a big deal. I can get just as much done around my house and, you know, around my yard as you can. Yeah. During my hours. Or what's it even matter? Who cares? Yeah. Like, who cares about measuring ourselves with uh, up to other people? Yeah. There's a lot true. of people out there that do way more than I do. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Yeah. I'm not going to feel bad about it. Right. I don't care. I don't care what other people got going. I do what needs to be done, Sometimes and I'm fine I with care. it. I care. I feel like I'm not as productive as I should be a lot. I know. And it bothers me that you put yourself down like that, because a lot of times I don't think it's you feeling like you should do more as much as it is society telling you you should be doing more. Well, I don't feel like I'm as involved as a parent as I should be, which is crazy because I was at work the other day and I made a comment about me not being a great mom or something. And someone was like, I think you're a great mom. You know way more about what's going on in your kids' lives than I do. 
and which is weird to me because I don't ever feel like I spend quality. I, I, I do spend quality time with my kids, but not as much as I feel they deserve. Yeah, but that's what makes you a good mom is because if you ever get to the point where you're like, I think I've done enough, I'm fine. Yeah. Well, then, yeah, you're probably not a very good mom if you're just like, I'm, I spend all kinds of time with you yeah. guys. I don't need to. But the fact that we're always second guessing, that we're always like, could I be better? Could I do more? Mm-hmm. That's just being a good person in general. And whenever it's about our kids, I think that's a good thing for us to be like, you know, maybe I should spend more time with the kids or maybe I should be doing this or or Mm -hmm. with them or whatever. That just makes us good parents, I think. I mean, maybe we're not raising them the best, but I think at (laughs) least like if you're it's it's that old saying, like, if you think you're crazy, you're probably not crazy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like crazy people don't know they're crazy. Yeah. Crazy could be a bad way. Insane, whatever. Like, I I don't know. I'm just saying. Unstable. yeah, like, it's just that, you know, because there were times that, like, whenever I was going through withdrawals mm-hmm. with you, not with, like, I wasn't withdrawn from you. I'm we, just we saying, were like, together. Yeah, we were together, <laughs> and I was going through withdrawals because I was getting clean that I would tell you, like, I think I'm losing my mind. I think I'm crazy. And you'd just be like, babe, you wouldn't tell me. Right. Like, if you truly were, I don't think you would be... With it, the fact that you're saying you're worried that you are is probably a good indication that you're, you're not. not. Yeah. You're just dwelling on these things. So, yeah, I think that was great. Yeah. I feel good. I feel good. Good. Uh, you know what makes me feel great? What? Thank you to the Patreon Blessed Ones. Oh, that's right. We're doing Patreon now. It's the time of the show that uh, I wouldn't say I love the most because I love all of the show, but I especially love talking about people who uh, support us and help us. I mean, we're trying to live this dream, this crazy dream. And you're helping. Yeah. We're, you know, my wife's a a nurse and I am a uh, comedian and we do a podcast together, and we're trying to be okay parents. I, I appreciate all of our patrons helping me live out my dream of being a sugar mama. <laughs> Is I'm, that your dream? I mean, you're I didn't know it, it was. I but... just, yeah, I feel like you're doing a great Thanks. job Thanks of there, that. Thanks there, sweetie. Thanks. Well, yeah, of course. You're, you're, you're beautiful, and you're doing mm-hmm. wonderful things, and I just mm-hmm. appreciate it. You want to go buy yourself something pretty tomorrow? Uh, my <laughs> <laughs> So thank you very much to our uh, Patreon supporters. We're talking about you, Veronica. Thank you so much. We're talking about Shan and Fawn. We love you guys so much. Thank you, Danielle. Thank you, Rachel. Lindsay, Pam, and Jared. We love all of you so much. Thank you. Like, just just thank you so much for what you're doing. It helps us so much because here's the thing is that it helps us uh, buy new equipment for the podcast. It helps us pay some bills with the podcast. Mm-hmm. Maybe it helps me with gas money sometimes, getting to shows. <laughs> I'm just saying you guys are fantastic. So thank you very much for supporting us. Thank you for supporting the show. If you like the show and you want to help out, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash laugh and be blessed. And you can support us there. There's uh, a $3 tier, a $10 tier, and a $20 tier. They all just get different things. But uh, the most important thing is that it it just lets us know that you love us. And uh, we just need that uh, validation. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you guys so much. We love you. And hopefully you continue to support. And also, if you can't afford it, we don't want to make you, like, 
stretched. Like there was a couple people who just did a couple donations. That's fine. If you can't afford it whatsoever, uh, we're not going to like beg you for money or anything. We want you to be taken care of first and foremost. So take care of yourself first. Take Um, care of you and yours. But if you do want to help out and you're just like, man, I can't really afford it, but I would love to help out. There's a couple of other ways that you can do it. Uh, If you listen to this on iTunes, leave us a review on iTunes. Just go to the podcast, uh, give it the stars you think it deserves, and then write a little uh, review about it. That helps us so much. It really does because it just helps just other people a see it. Tidbit. Yeah, just a little thing about it. Um, or share on Facebook. If you share the podcast on Facebook or Instagram or anything like that, that helps. Telling, telling people about it just help the Blessed Ones community grow. And uh, if you want to just, you know, be more a part of the community, also go to Jake and Chia's Blessed Ones. Or Jake and Chia Rubles Blessed Ones. I think it's Jake and Chia Rubles Blessed Ones. I don't know ones. what it is. Uh, it's on Facebook. So uh, join the group and then post in there and ask questions or post comments. Talk about books you're reading. Talk about movies you're watching. Uh, I wish more people did that in the yeah. group. I'll be honest. I want to see more about you guys being like, hey, I just watched this show and it was great. Or, hey, I'm reading this book and it's good. Or, hey, this meditation's helping me. Or whatever. Yeah. You know, whatever's going Share on. Share with the community. Yes. So we love you. Thank you very much. And let's now get into... Tots. Tots. And now, time for Tots. The topic of the show... All right, so this week we're going to talk about movies uh, because Ooh. I like it. I like talking about movies a lot. So I found an article. This is uh, movies you had no idea were sequels. Oh, okay. So this this might be kind of in- interesting. Wait on me. Um, so I've not read the article yet. So I, this is what I like to do with Tots, guys. I like to have an idea, Google it, find an article, and then not read that article. So sometimes it can, it can probably be a horrible idea. Um, Hot Mess Express coming through. Hot Mess Express is us. So let's get into it. So the first one is Beyond the Valley of the Dolls, 1970. Now, I've never seen this. Okay, I've not either. Okay, so this it's meant to be a straightforward sequel to 1967's The Valley of the Dolls. It somehow morphed into a satirical, musical, melodramatic film, which sounds like something I would probably like. Uh, what's even what's even what's even more ironic is that this film was directed by notorious cult director Russ Meyer and co-written by the most famous movie critic of all time. Who would that be? Famous movie critic. Cisco uh, and Ebert. Roger Ebert. Okay. Uh, I'm glad you got that because that would have been uh, that would have been a travesty <laughs> in itself. Uh, Says so he pretty much uh, disavowed. When you think of those two, do you think of the old uh, guys in the Muppets? Yeah, that's that. I think they look like that. They have to, right? Like I that's don't probably know. them. Uh, Says so that he pretty much disavowed the film once the reviews came in and people hated it. It's a cult classic now, but back in the 70s, it was a great example of a bad movie idea. So I've never seen Val- The Valley of the Dolls or Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. I've never seen either one of them, so I should probably check them out. Um, all right. Um, this one. Okay. come the, Movies you didn't know were sequels. So this is on thechive.com. That's where I'm getting this article. Okay. The next one is The Road Warrior. Oh, I knew that. Yeah. But we also love uh, pre-apocalyptic, apocalyptic, and post-apocalyptic films. Do you want me to ruin this for you? Let me see. All right, they don't, they don't. They don't, nothing like it. Yeah, they don't. 
No, they don't look anything. Oh, man. They're I'm just sorry. Very distinguished looking gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> today, we know that The Road Warrior is a sequel to 1979's post apocalyptic, that's post apocalyptic, yes. Mad Max. But when it came out, it wasn't advertised that way. Prior to the film's release, no one knew what, what the film was about, and George Miller and his team kept quiet about the plot and the connection to the first film. Given that it was a different time, this was easy to do. Now the film is packaged as Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior. So it's pretty obvious, but back then, most people didn't know what they were sitting down to watch until they saw Mel Gibson stroll on the screen. So, okay, that makes sense, because I was looking at it like, oh, we did, we sh- are we not supposed to know that The Road Warrior is Mad Max 2? But when it came out, they didn't know. No one knew. So, wait a minute, though. Um, did it say, it, it described... Mad Max is a post-apocalyptic. Uh, it says that in this. Yeah. It, yeah, nah. yeah. 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 But the it's Road not. Warrior. No, the Ma- Road Warrior is post-apocalyptic. It's no, after the Mad Max. Oh no. Oh, okay. Because I was gonna say that was apocalyptic, maybe even pre. It was pre-apocalyptic because yeah. it didn't say anything about the apocalypse coming okay. at all. And because the very beginning of Road Warrior describes what happened to the why okay, everything okay. is the way that I it thought is. it was saying that Mad Max was post apocalyptic. Now I, here's an interesting one, not to cut you off, but this is oh, actually interesting. Did. And I well, uh, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll edit it out. Uh, people won't know. They won't. I know. Uh, so I'm, I'm okay. So Desperado, 1995. Desperado. Okay, hold on. Let me see if you 1995? know. 1995. Desperado came out in 1995. Do you know what it was a sequel to? Oh my god! You've never seen uh, you've never seen it. But I do know. Yeah. What What was Antonio Banderas in the movie? What was he? He was a musician. Well. Uh, what's it called? Though? I can't say it. It's it's a Mexican musician, a mariachi. There you go, mariachi. Mariachi. So the fi- first film was okay. called. The mariachi. Well, almost. What? You just said the mariachi. What would it be called? Mariachi? Well, it wouldn't it be called the... <laughs> El mariachi. There you go. I feel like I have seen that. <clears throat> uh, I doubt it because... Which one's the end of where they have to like save the president of Mexico? Uh, I, th- I think that's Once Upon a Time in Mexico. So would that be the third one? Yes, that's okay. the third one. So while today every Robert Rodriguez fan knows that Desperado is a sequel to his earlier film, El Mariachi, it wasn't always the case. The first film had such a small budget, was filmed in Mexico, and was all in Spanish. No one had actually seen the prior film before seeing Antonio Banderas play the guitar and, and shoot it up. Wow. A uh, similar thing happened again in 2003 when Once Upon a Time in Mexico okay. was released. It was a much bigger film mm-hmm. than the prior two. Well, Johnny Depp was in that one. Uh, uh, with loose connections, but the three films actually come together to make a pretty awesome Mexican trilogy. Yeah. Uh, very true. So um, if you have ne- if you like Desperado or Once Upon a Time in Mexico, you owe it to yourself to go back and watch El Mariachi. And also, if you're into film and everything, look up uh, what Robert Rodriguez did to film this. It's wild. The, I mean, the it first was such, movie? Yeah, it, El, Mari- El Mariachi. It was such a small budget. Like, really? I can't remember how much it was, but it was such a... He had, like, one camera, and also he edited it all himself, and it was... He had to do it in a way, like... Um, Whenever a lot of the, because he would film everything, mm-hmm. and then the the camera he used was so loud because it was an older camera. It was so loud that he couldn't record the audio 
at the same time, so he couldn't have like a boom mic or anything. So the way that they did it was they would film it all and then put the camera down and then record everything. So they'd have to do all the scenes twice. Oh, wow. And he said that if you watch the movie now, there's a lot of times where like the audio just couldn't sync up, right? Yeah. So he would just do a shot of like, uh, like zoom in on the dog or like something like that, like oh, wow. a shot away from the people talking, so you couldn't, the, so you couldn't see that they had like rubber lips, yeah. like it wasn't. So I, I just thought that was interesting. That is. So here's one that really blew my mind, and I just found this one out re- like within the last few months. My Blue Heaven. So okay. My Blue Heaven came out in 1990. Okay. Um, I've still not seen this movie, mm-hmm. and I really want to, and I should, and I might watch it tonight. Um, My Blue Heaven, uh, it's got uh, Steve Martin in it and um, Rick Moranis, mm-hmm. okay? So, while not an official sequel, this Herbert Ross film is considered to be a follow-up to Martin Scorsese's Goodfellas. Huh. Yeah. Despite well. being released one month earlier... Okay, so I actually just... Okay. So here's why. I just found this out. Um, I don't know if they... Uh, well, let me just read this first and see if they say it. So, uh, despite being released one month earlier, this continues the story of Henry Hill, played by Ray Liotta in Goodfellas. This time around, he's played by Steve Martin. He encounters Rick Moranis in Witness Protection, and some shenanigans happen. This version is played for laughs, but is based on the book Wise Guy, which was the basis for the Scorsese film. Even more interesting is that the screenplay for Goodfellas was written by Nicholas uh, Pileggi, the original book's author, while the screenplay for this film was written by his wife, Nora Ephron. So here's what happened. Nora Ephron, this is what I I heard, is that Nora Ephron and uh, Nicholas Pileggi what they basically interviewed uh, Henry Hill like together for the book, mm-hmm. like they were they sit on, in on it. So then he kind of like had his version in the book, and then she made her own version in this film. And then Martin Scorsese worked with uh, Nicholas Pileggi, and I'm hopefully I'm saying his name right, but uh, also I'm Jake, so who cares? <laughs> uh, but the thing is like they started doing the movies at the same time and then the sequel came out a month early and no one ever knew that it was a sequel and it's nothing alike from what I'm to understand so I need to go and watch it so I just thought that was interesting Um, okay so Frost kind of of reminds me of like I wonder if this is going to be on here what? Fear and Loathing oh I don't know we'll see okay so, Frost Nixon, which came out in 2008. Another unofficial sequel, this Ron Howard biopic can be considered a follow-up to Oliver Stone's 1995 film, Nixon, with Anthony Hopkins in the title role. That film ends with the president's resignation, and that's the exact moment that this film opens uh, opens up. So, as well, both actors, Hopkins for Nixon and Frank Langella for Frost Nixon were both nominated for Best Actor for uh, for their roles. So that's interesting. So it, this technically isn't a sequel, I guess. It's just that it picked up. So it's it's kind of an interesting take, which I guess you could say actually My Blue he- uh, Heaven is the same thing. Because what this is saying is one film ends at one point, and then another film just picks up the life of this actual real person afterwards. 
So is it a sequel or not? Because it's just telling a different no. chunk of that I one feel person's like it's life. Like, you know, an alternate dimension. No, Chia, it's not. Stop bringing these things up. It's not an alternate dimension. <laughs> they shed their foreskin. But it's stop. But it's the same thing with My Blue Heaven. I keep say, wanting to say Haven for some reason. My Blue Heaven because. It's just a different point in his life. So, anyways, uh, we're going to keep going. U.S. Marshals in 1998. You know what I'm talking about? I, I with, never with watched Tommy it. With Tommy Lee Jones? I never watched it. Oh, I did. So, this was a sequel to The Fugitive. I was going to say it was a, to yeah. The Fugitive. Okay. I never thought of that, but it's using the same uh, Tommy Lee Jones character as the previous film. This time, U.S. Marshals Sam uh, Gerard has a new target, and there are no... Connections to the previous film. There's a lot of spelling errors in this. It's really hard for me to read. Even though this film was a commercial success, it was billed as a sequel. It wasn't billed as a sequel, nor did it have the same critical acclaim as the previous film. So uh, I remember both movies, and I just never made that connection for some reason. And that's probably just because I'm an idiot. Uh, now this one, I don't know. That I, Come on. Uh, this is 40. In 2012. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you didn't know that was yeah. a sequel to Knocked Up. Like. Yeah. So this delightful comedy is both a sequel and spinoff to Judd Apatow's 2007 movie Knocked Up. Following the characters of Pete and Debbie, who were secondary characters in the first one, it chronicles the trials of getting older. While Apatow has admitted he hates making sequels, this one was a slam dunk for him, and he's contemplating a sequel to this one. Shifting, oh, the nice. fo- shifting the focus from Pete and Debbie and looking at the life of their daughter, Sadie. Which is Judd Apatow and Leslie Mann's actual daughters. Yes, exactly. Which, that's kind of the nice thing is that uh, the characters in Knocked Up and in This Is 40 are loosely based on him and his wife anyways. Yeah. So it's almost like he's writing his own. It's not really like their story. It's just like the similarities. Like yeah. He puts things in the movies that really happen to him and stuff. So... Um, all right, so 1994, It Runs in the Family or My Summer Story. Have you ever heard of this movie? No. Me neither. And you're about to be weirded out that I've never heard of this. Because of what it's a sequel to? Because what if it's, yeah, I've never heard of this. Okay. Originally released with the title, It Runs in the Family, this film continues to tell of Ralphie, Ralphie Parker Nuh-uh. from A Christmas Story. What? Later renamed My Summer Story, this film was meant to be a sequel, but coming 11 years after the first one. What? None of the original actors returned, making it ask. hard to connect them. Well, I mean, it was 11 years later, and I think it just takes place like that next summer. Oh, though I both gotcha. films are based on the semi-autobiographical. Can you speak? No, I just like <laughs> I messed that up so bad, my brain shut off. <laughs> <laughs> the the stories by Gene Shepard. This film was found to be less enjoyable than the holiday film. It lacked the same charm, so people didn't really want to watch it. I'm gonna watch that. Oh yeah. Yeah, I love a Christmas story. I love that movie so much. Um. <clears throat> Okay, this is another one that's just like, come on, guys. Army of Darkness, 1992. I, I know, you don't know these movies very well. Okay. I just recently introduced you to them. While Army of Darkness can function well as a standalone film, it's actually the third installment in Sam Raimi's Evil Dead franchise. Mm. Given that it had a larger budget than the first two, it told a more ambitious story that set it apart from the Cabin in the Woods stories. That one, I mean, was pretty obvious to me. Like, I, I knew that. But most people who love those movies really love them. Mm-hmm. So, like, we're just going to know. So, uh, number 11, The Silence of the Lambs. Oh, come 1991. on. 1991. Yeah, exactly. So, 
<clears throat> this might be the best known depiction of Hannibal Lecter, but it wasn't the first. Oh, hold up, Chia. You don't know what you're talking about. What's the first Silence of the Lambs movie? I did the same thing, but that's I because I was... I don't know what it's called, but the third one's Red Dragon. And that's what you were thinking of. Yeah, Just now, first. me too. I but did the, the same thing. the first one's Hannibal Lecter, isn't it? No. no. So, uh, Silence of the Lambs is a sequel to uh, the Michael Mann-directed film called Manhunter in 1986. It had Brian Cox as Lecter and William Peterson as FBI oh. profile Will Graham. So... This was meant Anthony to be. Anthony Hopkins didn't play. Correct. Yeah, okay. This was meant to be a sequel to that with a different cast. Manhunter was then remade as Red Dragon in 2001. So, because Red Dragon takes place before Silence of the Lambs. So it was so. So Manhunter was the original Red Dragon, basically, is what's right, going on. Right, but Silence of the Lambs is still a, pre- a sequel to Red Dragon, then, because it was remade. So Red Dragon is a prequel, technically. Right. Be- yeah. Yeah, so technically, that this one gets foggy, right? Because yeah. it's technically a, pr- a prequel. Because that's what I thought, because I knew Silence of the Lamb came before Red Dragon, and I knew Jodie Foster actually... I think was supposed to be in Red Dragon, but she refused because... It creeped her out so it, bad. Yeah, it psychologically really creeped her out, and so she she wouldn't do it again. Yeah. Who, who took over for her in Red Dragon? Uh, Nicole Kidman? No. No, 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 no. no. Um, Moore. Um, Julianne Moore? Julianne Moore. Okay. I get them mixed up. I'm going to double check. Yeah, I think, I, think, I think you're right, which is I thought was really good casting. Like, if you're going to replace yeah. her, that was really good because she did a very good job of playing that role. Uh, so Manhunter was then remade as Red Dragon in 2001 with Hopkins in the role and Edward Norton taking on the role of Will Graham, completing the trilogy with Hannibal. So then Hannibal came out after that. Okay. <clears throat> I don't think I've ever seen Hannibal. Um. Yes, I have. I think I have. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have. Never mind. I have. I watched it. I actually watched it not too long ago. Okay, so. Whoa, okay. No, I'm wrong. What? On what? You can't just you can't just read and not speak. It wasn't either woman. It looks like the two leading ladies are Emily Watson and Mary Louisa Parker. What in Red Dragon? Well, no, hold on a second. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What? What do you wait? What do you mean? Now I'm confused. Julianne Moore was in Hannibal. Okay, so that's what we're talking about. Whenever yes. they asked to come back for that one, that's what yes. we're talking about. Okay, you confused me. I'm sorry. But then whenever I was just like, wait, that's not who's in Red Dragon? It's because it was uh, Edward Norton was oh. the main character, or the FBI character in that. So, um, so okay, so uh, let's move on to number 12. We're at number 12 now, The Color of Money, 1986. Martin Scorsese's resume is so chock full of great films. What just happened? It just shut down on me. <coughs> Uh, so chock full of great films, as I pull it back up, I don't know why I did that, that sometimes this one gets overlooked, but if you happen to love movies about pool sharks and high-stakes billiards, you might know that this is a sequel to 1961's The Hustler. In the 1961 film, Paul Newman stars as Edward Fast Eddie uh, Felsen. He then reprises the role in The Color of Money, taking on a mentor role... Uh, to Tom Cruise's Vincent Laurie, who acts very much like Felsen did in his younger years. While this isn't a bad movie by any means, it doesn't hold a candle to the original. So, I remember The Hustler, but I don't think I've ever seen The Color of Money. 
Okay, I gotta go back to the Hannibal stuff because I was really confused right now. So chrono chronologically, not that very first film you put, but everything with Anthony Hopkins. It's Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal, and then Red Dragon. No, so, Red Dragon, I no, thought... No, no, because Silence of the Lambs came out in 91, Hannibal came out in 2001, and then Red Dragon came out in 2002. Now, chronologically, in like I got years what you're it saying. came out. I got what you're saying. Okay, so in Silence of the Lambs, it was Jodie Foster. She then refused to come back. Then they had Jodie... Julianne Moore. Julianne Moore in the sequel to that. And then Red Dragon was a prequel to Silence of the Lambs. Which was a remake of Manhunter. Okay. Got there you. we go. <laughs> hey, we're on it now. Because that's why I was now. so confused. I was like, wait, why would Jodie Foster be in the prequel? Yeah, yeah. That, so that would now that makes yeah. sense. We're that's there. Right. We're, we did it. Because Hannibal right. is when he escapes. Yeah. But Red Dragon, he is yet to be arrested. Uh, so number, number 13. Uh, this one is going to shock you. Because it's called Shock Treatment, 1981. Mm-hmm. This film was meant to be a follow-up to 1975's The Rocky Horror Picture Show. No. Featuring several char- characters from the original, but played by different actors. To make it even more confusing, they got some of the original actors to play completely different characters. Why? This was due to many of the original actors refusing to come back. The story sees Brad and Janet from the first film caught in some bizarre events in Denton, USA. Despite a lot of hype, this film was a critical and commercial failure. We need to watch this. Okay. Never even heard of this movie. Okay. Shock Treatment, 1981. I need to rewatch Rocky Horror Picture Show. It's Sounds been a like while. it. So, uh, number 14, War, Inc. Came out in 2008. While both movies have separate plots and characters, this film is considered an informal sequel to Gross Point Blank. Given that both films are dark comedies with similar styles and themes, and both have John Cusack as the lead, who's an assassin. Then you add in the fact that John, that Joan Cusack plays his assistant in both films, and Dan Aykroyd has a supporting role. Is John Cusack and Joan Cusack related? Uh, I mean, I want to say they're brother and sister. Let me Google that real yeah, quick. Yeah, Google it. Even John Cusack himself, who co-wrote this film, considers it a spiritual sequel to the first film. War, Inc. wasn't as critically or commercially successful as Gross Point Blank, so it's mainly forgotten. And it's definitely, that's definitely true, because I've never heard of this, and I like Gross Point Blank. Yeah, June, Joan is his sister. Yeah. Uh, have you ever seen Gross Point Blank? No. I didn't think so. I hadn't watched it until just like three or four years ago. Yeah. But I really like John Cusack a lot, so... Is good. All right, number 15. We only got a couple more to go. Number 15, Sahara in 2005. Did you ever watch that? Yes. Um, I, I feel like I knew... I don't know. Any Based on the... That, that has um, Matthew McConaughey, right? All right, all right, all right. Yeah, and they play... What's that song? Um, I don't know. Magic Carpet Ride. Oh, do they play that? I've not, yeah. I've not seen it since it came out. Yeah, that's out. a good song. Yeah, I haven't listened to it for a while. Uh-huh. Based on the Clive Cussler <laughs> novel of the same name, this one stars Matthew McConaughey as globe-trotting treasure hunter Dirk Pitt. <laughs> Dirk. Dirk Pitt. What a not a good name. Uh, while the film had some success, it was a flop at the box office when it came down to the numbers. This wasn't the first time adventurer Dirk Pitt appeared on the screen, though. In 1980, another book by Cussler was made into a movie called Raise the Titanic. 
It was a commercial disaster, which forced the author to declare that he'd never give permission for his books to be turned into films again unless he had creative control. While this one doesn't mention the previous film, there are newspaper clippings in the opening credits that mention his previous attempts at raising the ship. Okay. So, uh, all right, so number 16 is Soldier. came out in 1998. While people have been waiting for over 30 years for a sequel to Blade Runner, with the release last year of Blade Runner 2049, who knew there already was one? Huh. And it came out 20 years ago. While it was declared a standalone film, this film also intended to exist within the same fictional universe as the 1982 sci-fi classic. The screenwriter of both, David Peoples, refers to the film as a sidequel, so not really a sequel, it's what? a sidequel. What's a sidequel? Uh, I'm assuming, no, sidequel is, I guess you could say spinoff. It probably just like takes place in the same universe at the same time, but doesn't have anything to do with the same events, probably. Okay. Uh, and populated the story with writings from Philip K. Dick, which was the inspiration for the Harrison Ford classic. Uh, you can even see a spinning vehicle <laughs> from Blade Runner on I a always, junk planet. I always get these mixed up. What, Blade Runner and Run, Lolo, Run? No. Oh. When you say Blade Runner, even uh-huh. though I know they're two separate movies, I automatically picture Wesley Snipes. Because <laughs> of Blade. Because of Blade. <laughs> That's funny. He looks uh, really good in that movie. So that was that was actually the last one. I thought that I thought there was one more, but there's not. But we will do, okay. let's do a couple but, of our own. But another one is uh, Fear and Loathing in Las That's Vegas what I was say, yeah. is a sequel to Where the Buffalo Roam. Yeah, I'm trying to think, though. I actually think that it's a prequel. You think so? I'm pretty sure it's a prequel. Okay. I think Where the Buffalo Roam takes place after the it was events made, in It Vegas. was made first. Yeah, and uh, if you like Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, which stars Johnny Depp as Hunter S. Thompson, Where the Buffalo Roam stars Bill Murray it's as so Hunter good. S. Thompson. We haven't watched that in a long yeah, it's, time. Yeah, it's been a very long time, and, and it was a great so, one. Are there any other ones you can really think of? No, I know. That, but, that were sequels? The kid's yeah. story about this, okay? So when we were dating, neither one of us had cars, and we could only see each other on the weekends when I would say I would spend the night with my friend, but she'd be spending the night with her boyfriend, and I'd be spending the night with you. Yeah. Um... So I wanted to come see you, like, on a Tuesday or something. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to figure out an excuse to go into Spencer. And I was going to drive super fast, come see you for a little bit, and then go to the... Um... Video store? No, no, I was using you as an excuse to borrow a movie. Oh, okay. And I'd been talking to Mom about Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. But I, I guess at that time, like... It was hard to find in the movie stores or something, but you owned it. Yeah. So I was on the phone with you, and Mom was going to come home from work soon, and that was what I was going to say is, can I go to my friend Jake's house and get this movie and watch it with you? Because I knew she'd like it. Yeah. And she walked in the door, and I said, hey, Mom. And she goes, guess what? I stopped by the movie store, and I got... Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, and I was like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> and I remember running back in my room and being like, oh, my God, like, she got the movie. And you said, well, I also have Where the Buffalo Roam. So I told her, and she let me come to your house to get Where the Buffalo Roam. So <laughs> I was able to see you in the middle of the week. Yeah, so uh, 
Yeah, movies just out there repairing relationships. <laughs> I forgot about that whole thing. Yeah. I did too until just now. Well, that is it for this episode. Thank you very much for sticking around with us. Hopefully you had a good time. If you can think of any movies that are sequels that doesn't seem like a sequel. Um, or even prequels. Yeah, pre- anything like that. Uh, post in the Facebook group. Go to the uh, Jake and Chia Rubles Blessed Ones on Facebook and post there. And, you know, uh, follow us, all that stuff, whatever, man. I'm not even going to ask you. But uh, if you want to see any more information or if you want to reach out to us, you can email us at jakeandchia at gmail.com or you can go to jakerubel.com and uh, just click the contact me part there. Hopefully I see you guys at some shows soon. I love you very much. Take care of your mental health. Uh, Take some time for yourself this week. But above all else, last and be blessed.